Hello, film lovers, and welcome to the Films I Love Most podcast. The Films I Love Most podcast is recorded live with live messaging. So sometimes people do message in with very inappropriate comments. We can't help that. It's just the general public. So if you hear something that is offensive or rude, we try our best to put a stop to it, but it might just sneak through. So I do apologize for that. But anyway, let's move on. Enjoy this episode of the Films I Love Most podcast. Welcome to the Films I Love Most podcast. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? Yeah, where were you? I was here. It was taking ages to connect. I know. I thought we was going to have that situation we had on Friday. I went, went Garvey, I'm a little bit of monster, and it came on. <laughs> bit of magic. Bit of El Magic. <laughs> magic. Um, hello, everyone. Hello, one person. Hello. Hello. Aero bubble 20. Hello. Hello. Um, do you want to share or shall I? You share. People like oh, you we'll both me. No, you don't. Okay. <laughs> we'll both share. We'll both share. Sharing. Hello, guys. If you share, um, if you share this post, you automatically become a wizard. Now, I wonder if anyone who doesn't know, like the situation, don't say Catherine, because I want it to be a surprise. I wonder if they can just, if they can guess out of the two of us who has and who hasn't seen Harry Potter. Oh, that would be interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Right, someone's just shared the post. Garden clones, you're now a wizard. Just saying. You're a wizard. You're a wizard. <laughs> I can't do the accent. I'm not good at accents. Okay. Right. I'm sharing. Welcome. This is a new um, show called I've Never Seen. And over the next eight weeks, me and Catherine are going to be doing this on at six o'clock on a Sunday. And we're going to work our way through the Harry Potter movies. So it's very I'm very excited to be doing this with you, Catherine Love. Oh, I'm very excited too. I'm giving up on my earpods. They're not going. They're not going on properly for some reason. Oh. And not, why is there no not... like Harry Potter themed live now? Shut up. <laughs> One second. 
We are starting the show very shortly, guys. Don't worry. We're just waiting for some uh, some peeps to come in and say bonjour. We we mon ami, Shimapel, keep Andrew. Um, let's just hit this ditty very quickly. Good morning, Keith Andrew. How are you? Good morning, Catherine. I hope you two are having a wonderful evening, I think. <laughs> I'm not sure what time it's there. It's six o'clock and all's well. I've had a fantastic day. Yeah, because you've been watching Harry Potter for the first time. No, <laughs> for the hundredth time. Oh, you've given it away now. No, well, you've just said that I was watching it for the first time, and I was so now I'm fighting my corner saying, "No, it was you watching it for the first time." Hee <laughs> hee. Ha ha. Okay. <laughs> my earpods cannot because they're not in range. How are they not in range? They're right in my ear holes. For goodness' sake. Oh, they're so temperamental. It's so annoying. Goodness sake. Oh, Catherine's mentioned me in a story. Alright, let's get the show started. Get about earpods. We'll deal without them. them. Catherine, you'll be able to, the whole of Colchester will be able to hear you. Right, let's hear (laughs) this. Well, I don't know. I um, I feel like maybe Catherine has seen Harry Potter and maybe Keith Andrew, you have not seen Harry Potter. That's just my oh. educated guess. What makes you think that? Well, I want to know what yeah. makes him think that. Yeah, why do you think that? I mean, I wear glasses and everything. How dare you not watch Harry Potter? Disgraceful. I literally had a three-hour conversation with someone about Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. So, basically, I have this problem where I can't get on him and I need help. So, any suggestions? You can't what? Um, you need to get a wand, point it at your penis and say, Wingardium Leviosa. Not Wingardium Leviosa. Wingardium Leviosa. Well, I literally wanted to reach through the screen and punch her in the face. <laughs> I was just like... such an annoying little know-it-all Shut... in the first films. Okay, let's not jump. Too Why do I think that? I believe Keith Andrew has said in the past that he has never seen Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Harry Potter. That's French so, for uh, Harry Potter, did you know that? Harry Potter. Yeah. Well, speaking of French, after watching The Philosopher's Stone, I quickly remembered that the um, they do film no background. Oh. And there's one in Paris. There's one in Paris in January next year, and I'm going. I'm going. Harry Potter live. Yeah, so it's Harry Potter, and I think it's the Order of the Phoenix. So they play the film in HD on a big screen, but they have a live orchestra playing the score of the film alongside it. Like, yeah, I've, been, I've been to the London. Uh, where did I go to? The Royal Albert Hall and saw Pirates of the Caribbean. 
Yeah, because like they did love actually, didn't they? And they've done Billy Elliot. But this is like an actual tour, like Harry Potter, like they do it. But it was meant to be last year, but obviously because of COVID, it's been postponed until 2022. So we're going to go and watch it. Have you done um, the Harry Potter world? No, we was going to go um, in yeah, September like last year. <laughs> but um, obviously COVID... Covid, whoa, whoa! It's shut. Covid, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah. So let's start right at the very beginning. Right, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say, and I think this is a a good prologue. I'm not entirely sure why I didn't watch the the Harry Potter films. I just, I did. It just like passed me by. Everyone around me went to see them. Everyone around me was reading the books, but I just. I was just watching other things and it just didn't like sort of stick with me. I think I, you know what? I think, I think I may have seen the first film actually uh, in the Mm. cinema, but I don't remember anything, like anything. I was watching it going, what? I don't remember anything about this. So um, it obviously might have, A, it might have not been that film, or B, um, (laughs) I just slept through the whole thing. But it's not because I don't have respect for the source material. I think it's very clever. Um, yeah. I just think that at the time, I was maybe... Um, I think at the time, like I was quite... I was an advanced reader at school. Because I didn't mm. talk. I read instead. Um, so I was reading, you know, sort of young adult fiction, sort of, sort of 10, 11, 12 years old. So I was reading, for example... I, I, and this is the honest truth. I think the reason why Harry Potter passed me by was because I was reading his dark materials. Possibly. But then again, I don't particularly class Harry Potter as a children's fit, like a children's film, because as it gets further into the films, it gets yep. so dark. Yep. You're like, I, ugh. Yeah, but I, from what I've seen of this film, and this is all I've got to go on because I haven't seen any of the others from it. But from what I've yeah. seen of this film, it's very kid, very child friendly. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's introducing it, like, the magical. It's in- introducing all the magic and like this wonderful place that's Hogwarts and all these amazing things that they can do. But like, trust me, by the time we get to like film four, it takes a turn, and you're like, "What? This isn't yeah. a kids' film." But this is how I felt, and, and I and I honestly do believe this. I think that um, Harry Potter is the sort of um, the natural sequel, not sequel, but natural, you know, sort of child of his dark materials. You know, having a fantasy um, world based around very adult issues. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And his dark materials came out what ten years before Harry Potter, so I'm very aware that um, I can imagine that his dark materials was sort of the template that JK Rowling was going for, you know, setting, you know, having a young person in a world that was fantastical, but also dealing with real life stuff and, and, and creating other characters around that. Um, yeah. So I, I think it's because I was so such a, his dark materials fanatic as a kid and started reading, from his dark materials, I started reading The Ruby and the Smoke, and then I started reading Stephen King. So I just think it passed me by completely. Mm-hmm. Um, that saying, and I'm going to give a disclaimer right now. Okay. Go on. Like, if, I, if I'm 
like not negative, but if I'm constructive criticism about anything in the show, it's only because I am watching it as an adult for the first time. And, okay. Uh, and you don't like Marvel, so I can say what I want. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Like, but um, I just I know that I I know for a fact how your opinion is going to go. You're gonna for the first three films, you're gonna think, oh, this isn't that great, and then. A goblet of fire is when it really takes a turn and you start thinking, oh my God. And then yeah. when you get to Deathly Hallows Part 1, that's a bit of a dead film, but Deathly Hallows Part 2, you're just so, like, what? I just very quickly want to go into um, the, the director. So I knew that mm-hmm. I was in sort of safe hands when I saw that it was Chris Columbus. Columbus. Yeah. Um, Chris Columbus, um, director of Home Alone. And Home Alone 2, he directed Mrs. Doubtfire, Bicentennial mm-hmm. Man with um, Robin Williams, which is one of my favourites. So you, you sort of know that you're in a safe hands yeah. with him because, you know, he's been making family movies for decades. Yeah. In fact, his first movie is one of my actual favourite films of all time. And that's Adventures of a Babysitter. <laughs> Such a good, good, fun movie. Um, but yeah, so... That set it off on good, good stead for me because I did feel like I was comfortable in the yeah. world that was about to be created for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so like I, I, I thought the the structure of the film was good, but also played against it. Obviously, they had a really hard job of having to set up an entire world in the first sort of half of the movie, and therefore yeah. I think. That the the whole uh, plot line of the Philosopher's Stone, or the well, this is something I don't understand. In the American okay. version, can someone please tell me this? In the American version, do they do they dub Philosopher's Stone over with Sorcerer's Stone? Oh, I never thought about that. Or when they were filming it, did they film those scenes twice? When the Philosopher's Stone is mentioned, did they then film it again and mention the Sorcerer's Stone for the American version? Oh, I don't know. Because everything, like like all the all the um, sort of marketing materials that I can find, were for the Sorcerer's Stone. So yeah, I need to know, guys. American American cousins listening to the show right now. Did they? Um, did they change Philosopher's Stone to Sorcerer's Stone? in the actual script as well as the title that'd be interesting to know yeah let's get through some dips and then we can just talk about um we can talk about um the lack of child protection in the world of harry potter okay a spelliamus (laughs) (laughs) not allowed to play music sorry Expecto Patronum. Is he making them up? Or are they actually real? No, they're actual spells. Oh, okay. When I'm in the dark with a woman, I usually say, Lumos! <laughs> Hopefully you know what that means now, Keith. <laughs> that mean Lumos. Hard? No. Let there be light? Yes. Okay. Lumos, I got it from Lumiere, which is French for light. So Dobby didn't deserve to die. He was a true G. <gasps> he 
Dobby doesn't die. Hey, can you shut the fuck up, please, mate? <laughs> and you've just been reported to stereo and are going to get banned. Actually, it means let the tip of my wand be lit up. <laughs> Supposed to be a kid show, Rishi. Dobby didn't deserve. And reported again to stereo, and you're going to get banned. Bye. Um, so let's start off with the um, the Dursleys. So I like that whole scene at the beginning where you get introduced to Dumbledore and you get introduced to yes. uh, um, Professor McGonagall. McGonagall. Yeah, I like that scene where you know, because obviously you're you're running, the, you're hitting the ground running when it comes to the magic element, aren't you? With her yep. transforming from a cat into, and he's like turning off all the street lights. His little yes. thing. Now I'm going to call them out on this. I think that they are uh, very, very irresponsible people. Who? Dumbledore. Hagrid and Professor McGonagall. I think they're very, 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 very um, have no responsibility whatsoever. Who in their right mind would leave a child with those people? Okay. It's very hard when you've only watched this one film, but you do find out why and the reasoning behind it. Okay, there better be a good reason, because otherwise (laughs) why the fuck didn't they just take him to foster social services? Because that would have been better. I mean, it was locked under a bloody... Under the stairs, for goodness sake. I know, I know. Uncle Vernon, like, grabs him by the head. Like, by his hair. Throws him in... It's very violent. Yeah. Very violent. Not a nice family. No. But obviously, like you said, we do find out more about them. Mm-hmm. Um... I liked the whole bit of the letters. I thought that was really neat. And I liked the yeah. um, when they go and live on the island, like to move to the like a deserted house on a rock to try Middle, and get away yeah. from everything. And then Hagrid <laughs> comes up. Um, You're a wizard, Harry. You're a wizard, Harry. But me, yeah. I'm just Harry. I mean, yeah, again, like I'm not a fan of kid actors. I think that the kids got better going through the movie. I think when they got to yeah. the chess scene, I think they, they oh, were really yeah. like inhabiting their roles. But at the time, I think they were good. I'm going to be very controversial right now. Go oh, on. Um. I'm actually going to say that out of the three of them, Rupert Grint as Ron Weasley was the better actor. Yeah, in that film, 100%. He just looked like he knew what he was talking about and was yeah. like, in the moment... Felt yeah. that the other two, especially like Emma uh, Watson, she, she, I mean, she must have had, um, she must have had some acting lessons between this and the next film, right? Yeah, I mean, I think they kind of wanted that innocence in the kids, though. But so, I mean, they had they, they had to be very careful with who they casted because you know these kids were going to play these parts of the next like ten years of their life, and that's like, do you know? What I mean, they needed some but cast of people thing. that they knew were going to grow into the roles. But this is the thing, Catherine. Did they know that? Did they know? Because remember, I I think that when they when they start off with a franchise, obviously. They knew the books were a big hit, 
but they didn't know mm-hmm. that the films would be. And I honestly do think that when it came to the Harry Potter series, and from what I've read up on, they commissioned the first film, but didn't commission anything else. So I do think, and I, and, I, and remember, like these films were going on before the books were even finished. So I don't think they knew how many books there were going to be. Mm. I mean, obviously, J.K. might might have said, or the one that shall not be mentioned. Actually, I'm never going to mention her <laughs> in this podcast. Sorry, um, but the one that that can't be mentioned, which is actually quite ironic, that she actually has written a character called the one we don't mention. <laughs> She's now yeah. that. Um, yeah. I think that. Um, Watching this film, I don't think that they had, you know, necessarily the plans to 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 build this into the the big big franchise that it became. Um, but I can see what you mean. I can definitely see what you mean. But I think that um, out of all three of them, I think that um, Emma Watson, i.e. Hermione Granger, is definitely the weakest. Yeah, but as we all know, she she flourishes. Yeah. Well, I hope so. Yeah. What I did really love about it was um, every now and again, like, um, you'd spot a British actor that you, like, had seen in other things and admired. You know, it was like a who's who of British actors at the time. I like that. Yeah. That element. Lots lots of famous faces in it. Yeah. And, of course, like, this is only, I think, one of two... um, Is it one of two appearances of um richard uh, oh god i can't remember his name hang on bear with me oh dumbledore uh, yeah because he, he died yeah. didn't he yeah i think yeah it's richard i can't remember his name but um yeah is it is this like one of two performances I so. from him before I think he died so. yeah yeah cool richard harris i think it is don't quote me on that though i can't i can't find him his name at the moment They've erased him. But, um, yeah, I mean, then he's taken over by um, by Gambon, who, in my mind, yep. is one of the best actors. Um, yeah, he plays today. a fantastic Dumbledore, so. Yeah, Richard Harris, that that is correct. Richard Harris, mm-hmm. who died in 2002 after making the first two movies. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I really like that, and... and I, I thought it was a bit like, come on, come on, come on, to get to Hogwarts. But once we were there, I thought it was great. I thought the Sorting Hat um, scenes were re- really fun. I liked, I loved the fact, the little touch of it didn't, it didn't even need to go anywhere near um, the head Draco. of Draco before it had chosen his house. But I think yeah. that's a red herring. Don't, obviously, don't give anything away, but I do think that's a mm-hmm. red herring. But... Um, well. It's very difficult to talk about the first film and not mention things that happen later on down the yeah, line. But, like... go, but this is like the first episode, isn't it? Like, as we yeah. go on, we'll be able to talk about more because we'll be more absorbed into it. Like, I would have watched mm-hmm. them more. Um, yeah, so is there anything you want to ask me about the first part? We've, we've spoken pretty much up to when they get to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. Did I've you... Got... I mean, Sorry, before the film, did you kind of know why Harry was famous did you know the reasoning behind that well i knew it was like to do with the scar and that you know obviously you know in any law a hero always has a villain so you know like uh sherlock holmes has got moriarty the doctor's got the daleks and harry's got voldemort so it's pretty much mm-hmm. like in 
the fabric of storytelling, isn't it? That, you know, the hero has a villain. So I knew that sort of, you know, um, story between them two and the scar and, and everything like that. But I do feel um, that there's going to be a lot more played out. I don't think that that situation was as simple as it as it was, right? I do think there's probably more coming about that. Yeah, 100%. Um, just a little fun fact for you. Vault 713, which is where the Philosopher's Stone was, 713 backwards is seven is 137, and that is the date that they entered the vault, the 31st of July. Very cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Oh, right, so that, that wasn't in the book then. They, they um, I'm not... Yeah. Um, I'm just having a look at some... Um, facts on here let's play a ditty while we're just doing this nigga, nigga. i hate that i really hate oh <laughs> Bye. oh they were all from him <laughs> they were all from him which is why i blocked him and reported him to stereo so he'll never be on here again um there's just some very fun facts here so uh the child actors and actresses uh would do the actual schoolwork in the movie so when they're all sitting around like <laughs> writing and stuff they're actually doing their yeah. schoolwork. yeah it was to make the school setting more real that's so funny Can you which is very clever very clever when you think about it yeah yeah it makes it much more um naturalistic did you know that richard yeah. harris um had trouble remembering his lines in the film and daniel radcliffe would ask him uh to help we uh, would ask him if he wanted help running with his lines just to Aww. give Harris more practice. That's so, so cute. Uh, Daniel Radcliffe was, uh, was helping Richard Harris with his lines because obviously he was an elderly gentleman at this time and, and wasn't very well. You know, he was only a couple of years away from, uh, from passing away. So, yeah. Oh. So, let's have a ditty. Let's see. I wish Neville was in it more like he was in the books. Oh, okay. I did like Neville's character. Neville Longbottom. When he stood up, he was the one that stood up to them. When he what, sorry? He was the one that stood up to them. Yeah. You're not yeah. sneaking out again, are you? <laughs> <laughs> so I wonder good. if they watch back. I wonder if they watch this first film back and go, oh my God. But it, I like the fact that obviously like it sets Neville's... Um, character from the second we find out about him when Hermione comes in. She's like, you haven't seen a toad anywhere, have you? A boy called Neville seems to have lost his. <laughs> yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole, that, that whole very famous scene now of when Garbium never goes, not doing Garbium never goes store, that, that, you know, that is just It's Hermione very difficult Granger. Not, not to want to, like, shake her like a British nanny. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> But, uh, however, as we do find out in the film that her need for wanting to be always right and very clever does actually help them. So, help them. Yes, I mean, it is. I don't necessarily, it's the fact that the character wants to do that. It's the fact that the way she's playing it is very, uh, very, very annoying. <laughs> Harry Potter sucks. And so does your mum. Oh! oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, did you know that Alan Rickman was handpicked to play Snape by J.K. Rowling and received special uh, instructions from her about the character 
Rowling even provided him with vital details of Snape's backstory not revealed until the final novel. Amazing. So he knew about everything about Snape, even the last book, um, right up to, you know, like, I mean, how many years? Like, years, 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 right? That's- yeah. Oh, sorry, my bad. Oh, what, what happened then? Sorry, my bad. Yeah, oh, so like, um, what, eight years beforehand? Yeah, something like that. Madness. So, you know, it must make you think how, how JK was kind of writing these things because she must have known how she was going to end it. Yeah. Well, I think that when you write a franchise like this, you you actually start with the end and mm. sort of work your way backwards. Do you know what I mean? I think it's a lot easier yeah. to do than it is to sort of write it. <coughs> yeah. Well, apparently she the only person that she wanted to play Hagrid was Robbie Coltrane. That's That's who she said that Yeah. Do you know the Hogwarts motto? The Hogwarts motto? Yeah, is it Draco, Dormians, Negrum? It's Tilliandus. Yes. Do you know what it means in English? Oh, it's never Tickle a Dragon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Are you on the same website as me? (laughs) Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, I thought the whole, like, I thought the effects really hold up, you know, the things like, um, the moving staircases, the ghosts I thought were great. I thought seeing John Cleese as, um, what, headless, what's his name? Nearly yeah. headless. Who is it? Nearly headless Nick. Nearly headless Nick. That's it. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? How can you be nearly headless? Yeah. Nearly headless, Nick. Here's an interesting fact for you. Warner Brothers originally considered making the entire Harry Potter film franchise as a set of computer animated movies or attempting to combine several of the novels into a single movie. The studio's reasoning mainly mainly had to do with concerns over the rigid, uh, sorry, over the rapid aging of the actors and actresses if production ran too long on any of the movies or if production was delayed between sequels the leading actors and actresses would have to be recast author jk rowling vetoed both of these ideas of combining books and an animated movie so the studio decided instead to produce all eight movies back to back so the same actors and actresses would play the roles in every movie there you go you were right so they Mm -hmm. Produce all eight movies back to back, but when they started making the movies, there wasn't eight books, was there? Um, no, there were. There, there might have been actually. No, there can't have been. How many books were there? Eight. Yeah. No, well, seven. Yeah, but oh, they, there's eight movies though, isn't there? Because they split the last yeah, one in the, two. Didn't yeah, they? definitely Hallows is in two because it, it's too much to cram in in one film. So the last, yeah. the last publication to the Deathly Hallows was 2007. Yeah. 2007. So, before, that... so before, the, before the production of the Philosopher's Stone, we had one, two, three, four books out. 
they were up to goblet of fire. But obviously, they were so popular by then, she knew that she was going to be writing the rest of them. Yeah. So I suppose she came and said, well, I'm writing, I'm writing seven guys, but you might want to split the last one into two because it's going to be really long. Mm-hmm. Possibly. Okay. So it's 607 you know... pages long. Yeah. Do you know who was considered to play Lily Potter in the uh, in the mirror scenes? No. Um, oh, I'm going to have to say it, aren't I? Right, this will be the the first and last time I say it. So the person who was considered to play Lily Potter in the mirror um, of um, uh, is it a risk scene? Um, was J.K. Rowling? She was going to play Harry's mum. Oh, really? Yeah, but. Uh, she she turned down she turned down the role and it instead went to Geraldine Somerville. So she was originally going to play um, Harry's mum in it. That was interesting. interesting. Mm, very interesting. So you were right. J.K. Rowling did handpick Robbie Coltrane, Maggie Smith, and Alan Rickman for the roles. So that means that um, when when she was writing them. She must have had them in mind sort of all the time. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. Because, like, all three of them play those characters so well. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah, I'd love Hagrid. Yeah. No, Hagrid's a great character. I really yeah. liked how they did all the, the scenes of him being, like, like huge. Yeah. But do you know how they did that? Go on. There was um, different ways they did it so that they would have like two different, like in his hut, for instance, like they'd have a normal sized one and then they'd have like a scaled down version to make him seem bigger in there because he's only six foot one, I think. Yeah. He's not that big. And then as well, they also had a stunt double who was a rugby player. I can't think what his name was. He was actually six foot ten in real life. And they used to Fucking put him in a hell. fat suit. Yeah, he used to put him six in a fat foot suit. Ten. Yeah. <laughs> so like imagine. anything from like behind was, was usually him in, in a fat suit. Um and then like they used like funny props like you know, like really small knives and forks and things like that to make him seem bigger. Yeah. And then using green screen as well, that was another thing that they, they kind of did. So like they'd scale him up. Oh, wow. I'm finding out so much as you're speaking, like um, I'm sort of researching what you're saying as well. So the scenes in Hagrid's hut were filmed on location uh, on a small patch of land in London uh, not far from Eastern Studios. The hut was demolished when the shoot wrapped in case fans of the movie swamped it. They should have left it up. Could have been another tourist attraction, made some money. And, yeah. um, I mean, the Kings, they couldn't knock King's Cross Station down, could they? <laughs> yeah, but in fact, they put a sign up, didn't they? Nine and three quarters? I think so, yeah. And there's a, um, I'm sure they've got like a little trolley half sunk into the wall. Yeah. With suitcases on. Yeah. yeah they have got a new movie of Harry Potter. It is called Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. That's not a movie, darling. It's a stage production. But so are they not bringing show. it out in film? No. I don't, they can't. It, the storyline's not very good. So 
to bring it out in film that the whole reason why Harry Potter and the Cursed Child is good is because the stage trickery is phenomenal. Like, it's amazing. That is the reason why I went, because everyone was saying, oh, my God, the, the stage um, direction and, the, and the, the tricks are incredible. And they were really, like, I won't say it, because I, I will take you to go and watch it, Catherine, but the Death, yeah. um, is it Death Eaters? Yeah. Fucking hell. Like, I still don't know how they did it. I'd see, I it's still don't know how they did it. It, it was one of the things, like, we were going to go and watch it when we went to Harry Potter World, but... Yeah. Or COVID. <laughs> yeah, Cursed Child is... Um, I've got a friend who's heavily involved with the uh, the production side um, of Harry Potter. He was basically one of the producers that brought it up, which is why I managed to get um, tickets so many times to see it. Mm-hmm. But he has been to Australia recently, uh, before COVID to do the Australian production and obviously it's on Broadway as well so he was mm-hmm. there doing that and um, I have asked him in the past would they ever do um, a movie of The Cursed Child and he said absolutely not he said it's actually written into the contract that they would never make a film of it it's a strictly a stage production oh yeah because I know so, that there is a lot Ravenclaw Raven or Eagle Who's Sorry, Raven? Catherine. Um, so Raven. Because, yeah, because um, I know that there has been rumours for so long that it is going to be made into a film, but... Well, there was rumours, wasn't there, very recently of a TV series from Warner Brothers, which they mm-hmm. said that they have no plans to ever do a TV show. But I know... I, I'm just Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find them. There's, there's kind of been the spin-off from Harry Potter, hasn't it? But Yeah. The Cursed Child, I think, personally as a story is not strong enough to make a movie Hmm. but as a theater production and and also i don't want it to be because this is really weird and some of you and some people might think this is strange but my introduction to those characters in physical form are completely different from the cast of harry potter in fact they cast a black actress as hermione so in my mind right after i watched that film today in my mind hermione was black Wow. That's weird yeah. to think, right? Because I know, you know Hermione so well to be Emma Watson. Yeah. So, you know, it's um, it's one of those things, isn't it? But I think, yeah. and, and she was excellent. The actress who played her in it was fa- fantastic. Um, but yeah, it just shows you, doesn't it, that my, in my mind, the whole time, uh, Hermione has been um, a, a person of colour. So, it was actually quite, it took me a little bit of time to get used to um, what Emma Watson uh, the film. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've just found the answer. Oh, let's hit this kitty quickly and then we'll go. You... Um, so, a question that was um, asked earlier, that I asked you earlier. So, uh, this movie and the novel um, of which are based, um, are known as Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone everywhere except in the US. This was because the U.S. publisher had changed the title to um, to Sorcerer's Stone, believing that the American audiences were largely unfamiliar with the Philosopher's Stone concept. To keep the movie consistent with the book, every scene in the movie where the Philosopher's Stone is mentioned was filmed twice. Once with the cast wow. of the same philosophers 
and once with them saying sorcerers or dubs, most notably one of the times Hermione says it in the library and her face isn't shown. J.K. Rowling has since said that she regrets having granted permission for the title change, but has a fledgling, but as a fledgling author, she wasn't strong in a strong enough position to fight it at the time. Um, her publisher had even asked her to shorten her name to J.K. out of fear <laughs> that teenage boys would be unwilling to read a book written by a woman. Well, there's this thing, isn't there? That a lot of um, books that are written by women do it under a male persona, pseudonym. Yeah, yeah. Which is she's written under a male pseudonym recently when she wrote all of her new series of books. Yeah, but she did that because she wanted to disguise it was her. Not mm-hmm. because she wanted to disguise that she was a woman. Yeah. But um, she is frequently asked by fans in the United States why she didn't call it the Philosopher's Stone. I mean, so, I, uh, I don't think it was the right choice to call it the Sorcerer's Stone because it just takes that, like, magic away from me because, like, it is British and it's, it's you know, it's, it's a British person that's written it. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. Are you ready to? Are you are you ready to have your mind blown? Go on. So there was two actors that actually said that they wanted a role in the movie. To to the point where they said they would take a role without pay. <gasps> okay, and they wanted to play Hagrid and Molly Weasley. Okay, and the actors were. Rosie O'Donnell and Robin Williams. <gasps> so they both wanted to play um, a role in the movie without pay, but in their cases, uh, Hagrid and, and Molly Weasley, they didn't get the roles because JK wanted uh, to cast strictly from the UK. So you uh... could have had Robin Williams as Hagrid. I, I, I don't know. I just can't see that. Yeah. I can't see wow. him being Hagrid. Amazing. That's an amazing fact. Yeah. I don't know if maybe it's just because I'm so used to um, Robbie Coltrane playing him that I can't see it, but... Yeah. You know, amazing. when she's... Right. When J.K. Rowling's written a role with somebody in mind, it, it makes sense for that person to, sure, to play but I the character. Robin, if Robin Williams had done it, though, like I think it would have had a wider appeal like to maybe certain fans, certain people that weren't necessarily interested in, in the books or that that um, that genre, you know, like that liked him in comedies like, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire and everything like that. And also, you have to think that you know, the director, Chris Columbus... I was just about to say this. ...directed Mrs. Doubtfire. So yeah. I can imagine that he, he actually probably had mentioned it to Robin Williams. But yeah, yeah but that have might have been Robin the... Williams is Hagrid. I just, I can't imagine it. Not now, but I think if you hadn't uh, seen um, yeah. Robin Coltrane, it, it would have been a fun thought, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Right, let's hit these dits. So I've got another, um, I've got some more... Uh, surprising facts for you Catherine and then it's time for you to ask me some more questions about it okay 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 here we go what harry potter house do you think you guys are in i'm a gryffindor Ooh, okay. oh right now keith keith hold that thought 
I'm gonna send you the official quiz to find out what house you are. Can I just can I just say what I think I would be before I do the quiz though, just to, just to see, like as a guess. I think I'd be yeah. um, I'd be a Hufflepuff. Now, <laughs> I, when I was watching this, I was thinking about this quiz, and I was thinking Keith would probably be a Hufflepuff. Yeah, I'd be a Hufflepuff, definitely. I, I'm actually a Hufflepuff. I've done the quiz. Are you? Okay, send several the quiz times. And then send me the quiz, and I'll do it. Um, and then we can uh, listen to some messages. So, yeah, send me the quiz. Right, I'm just getting it up now. Can you imagine how awful it would have been with Rosie O'Donnell and Robin Williams? It would have been awful. Rosie O'Donnell, yes. I mean, she would have wanted to play, what, the Weasley's mother? Is that Molly Weasley? Yeah. So that was like, um, she was played by Julia. Oh, God. Oh, God. How can I forget her? She's one of my favourite actresses of all time. Um, Yes. Julie Walters. Julie Walters, Julie Walters, Julie Walters. Um, In a very small sequence, but I'm assuming she comes into it more at some point, right? Oh, I've lost her. Is it me that's lost her or has she lost me? Robin Williams would objectively have been a terrible Hagrid. There are characters in the series I reckon he could play. Hagrid is not one of them. He could be... Oh, sorry, I lost you. Yeah, no, I can still hear you. Could you hear me? No. Oh, that's strange. I can still hear you. Yeah, I was saying about Judy Walters. She obviously comes yeah. more into it in, as the films progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, if you're, if you're just joining us, this is I've Never Seen Harry Potter, and it's me, Keith Andrew, 2020s, who hasn't seen Harry Potter. Want to fight about it? Meet you in the car park. Okay. <laughs> so, Keith, I've, I've sent you the, the link, but you've got to make an account. But then I don't okay. know who's going to get you to the right. You have to go under sorting house, I think. We'll tell you what, why don't we pause that and then we, I'll do it for next week? Yeah. Yes, so I'll make, a predi- I'll make a prediction. Yeah, I'll make a prediction today. So my prediction is Hufflepuff. So, yeah, I'd, uh, say you, I'd say you're Hufflepuff as well. So I'll do it. And then next week, um, I'll reveal uh, everything. So we're watching all nine movies, or eight, eight. movies, sorry. <laughs> one a week from now. I've only seen The Philosopher's Stone or The Sorcerer's Stone, whatever you want to call it, uh, so far. So um, please don't spoil it for me. We're just talking about the first movie and i'm going to give you some more facts uh straight after your message hagrid's actually almost kind of it hagrid's quite a serious character hagrid mm-hmm. isn't a slapstick funny laugh out loud stand-up comedian character like he's i know he comes across as like a goofball but he's not the he's not a robin robin williams goofball he's actually yeah quite a serious character yeah and i mean again, to learn like, that more Obviously, yeah, I was going to say, I haven't seen the rest of the movies. I've only seen the first one so far. But what from what I can tell at the moment, he is like a little bit of the comic relief. Like in this film, he just keeps saying, like, I shouldn't have told you that. I shouldn't have told you that. Like that. that just yeah. seems to be the whole running joke with his character. Yeah, But he's just so lovable and he just wants to do right by everybody. That he, he sometimes, like, because he's so trusting as well, like he trusts those three with the things that he's saying. And then he, yeah. says, he says it, and he's like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Yeah. But, however, yeah. without Hagrid, 
they would never have known about the Philosopher's Stone. That's true. Just saying. That's true. So, um, at the time that this movie was in production, only four of the seven books had been published. Uh J.K. Rowling was retained as a consultant on this movie, not only to ensure consistency with the first book, but to also avoid conflicts with her vision for the later entries. It has been confirmed that at least one line of dialogue was removed from the script to avoid a contradiction with the then unpublished Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Ooh, did it say what line that is? No, but it was from this movie. So a line was removed from the Philosopher's Stone uh, because it contradicted something that she had um, written in the in the then unpublished Order of the Phoenix. I'm just Isn't that interesting? It doesn't say what line it is, but I'm sure if you dig deeper than I am right now, um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if you go deeper and deeper, I'm sure you'll be able to find out what the line was. But yeah, cut from the script. Quite serious character. No, he's not. That's Gary Oldman's character. Ha, ha, ha. What? <laughs> <laughs> the argument going on in there? Calling it now. Keith is a Ravenclaw. 100%. A Ravenclaw? No. <laughs> It, it's one of those two. You're not. You're not a Gryffindor, and you're not. How do you? But know I just because the thing is, right? I just know how similar me and you are, and like thinking of the answers in that, the questions in that quiz. I know that you're going to give pretty much the same answers as me, and I'm a Hufflepuff. So, okay, well, guys, you're going to have to join next week to find out whether I'm a Hufflepuff or a Ravenhaw, <laughs> or a or a slip it in, or whatever it's called. What is it? Slytherin. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, Griffin. Poor. I can't think of anything else. Um, so, yes. What else was I going to tell you? Um, there were some really interesting facts that I've got. So Richard Harris, who plays um, Dumbledore for the first two movies, mm-hmm. only agreed to taking the part of Albus Dumbledore after his 11-year-old granddaughter threatened never to speak to him again. <laughs> yeah, because didn't he turn down the role of Dumbledore like three times or something? He just kept yeah. saying no. <laughs> so Patrick McGugan uh, was originally offered the role but had to turn it down due to bad health reasons. Harris oh. later had health issues of his own, dying of Hodgkin's lymphoma shortly before the release of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Mm-hmm. So sad. Yeah, let's hit another ditty. I think a large majority of people turn out to be in Hufflepuff. And I think Hufflepuff is the second best house. Um, and I'm a Hufflepuff as well. So, yeah. Yay to the fellow Hufflepuff. Hey, Hufflepuff. <laughs> Do you want to Huffle my puff? You want to huffle my puff? Um, who <laughs> oh, are you? McClough? Like you're verified, and I don't know who you are. So can you just tell me? No. I think Keith should at least do the BuzzFeed quiz for this week, because that's the basic intro, and then do the full extended Pottermore one next no. week. No, no, Mucky. There's no point fucking around with BuzzFeed. We need the Pottermore. <laughs> it's it's the final say, isn't it? Okay, I'm Pottermoring. I'll Pottermore. <laughs> 
Do you know what? I'm actually looking up at my bookshelf, looking at the fucking complete and utter Harry Potter, all, like, how many books there are there? What, blah, 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 seven books. Yeah. I've just never, ever delved into them. I don't know. I don't know why. I'll tell you what, the biggest comic relief, I think, in Harry Potter is um, Professor Lockhart. If you haven't seen much of it, but, like, she's right. Hagrid isn't really that much of the comedy, but, yeah, he, is, he has, like, the one-liners here and there, but Professor Lockhart, he's the joke. He's a joke, man. When am You're I going to be seeing Professor Lockhart? Oh, what film is he in now? Oh. I don't know. While you're looking that up, I'm going to give you a fun fact. During the Harry Potter movies, Daniel Radcliffe went through 160 pairs of glasses. Uh, Lockhart is in Half of Prince. Oh, I've got ages. Yeah. But that's all I'm going to say. Three years. <laughs> I've got about six weeks before I get there, haven't I? Yeah. But he is a joke. He's an absolute joke of a person. But that's all we're going to say. Thank on you, that. darling, for your message. Uh, I'm not there yet. I'm not yet there yet. I've only watched the first movie. This is the first <laughs> in an eight part series of I've Never Seen Barry Trotter. It's okay. I've never seen Harry Potter. Harry Potter either. Oh, well, join us! Join us on join this wonderful us. journey. Listen, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I wasn't a hundred percent looking forward to this, but I mean, I know it was my idea for a show because I really wanted to do something like Harry Potter movies are things I've put off, I've put off, I've put off for such a long time. You know, I, I thought we're in lockdown, might as well just go for it. But do you know what? I was actually very pleasantly surprised. The film kept my attention the whole time. Yeah. I love the fact that it took place over a year. I didn't know that the films did that. They took mm-hmm. place over like a year of a, uh, of Hogwarts. I liked that idea. Um, you know, even though the performances are from small kids, you know, they weren't as terrible as I sort of half remember them being from watching the film falling asleep nearly 15 years ago. Um <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to say to you now, if you're out there going, nah, it's shit, it's shit, and you haven't tried it, that was my opinion before today. And do you know what? I actually I actually thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, it's so, so exciting to me. There's so many plot holes that I could have fallen, like, literally into every single one of them. But and it the just time, gets better. It just gets better. Okay. Well, there was lots, yeah, there was lots of things that... Um, you know, I was a bit like, blah, 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 blah. okay. Um, mm. Like, for example, mm. why the fuck were they keeping that bloody fluffy thing in the school? Like, it's not like... To protect the Philosopher's Stone. It was to protect the trap door. Yeah, but why didn't they put the trap door somewhere else? Because Hogwarts... Right. So when they go to Diagon Alley originally, do you remember Hagrid saying when they go to Gringotts that it's one of the safest places on Earth? Apart from Hogwarts, so there's no other two, no other places that the Philosopher's Stone could have been kept that it would have been as safe as as it was at Gringotts and at Hogwarts. Well, I just think it's again it's a lack of child protection policies. I think there needs to be some sort of health and safety sent in there because yeah. God, if you're thinking this now, Keith, then three... fuck me. <laughs> yeah, well, they would never be they'd never be able to make this film now. 
what? Wait until the deaf eaters turn up. <laughs> you're going to be calling child lines saying, there's hundreds of school kids in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, it's crazy. There's like yeah. lots of moments. Um, okay. Like the kid, for example, who uses the wand and it keeps exploding in his face. Do you know what I mean? Like oh. there's danger of blindness. Yeah, but like, it's just that on. sense of innocence, isn't it? It's just touching upon the fact that these kids, like, they've never been allowed to practice magic. This is the first time that they're doing it. Like, yeah. it just—it's just that sense of innocence, isn't it? It's great. Sure. Um, and also, I don't like the fact that they keep owls awake during the day. I think that's cool. Just saying. Well, it's—they're not techno animals. It's not real. <laughs> okay okay keith when is the drag production of harry potter like when is it happening you've already got all the house <laughs> names i feel like we might need to do a show where we rename and make a drag production of harry potter and the sorcerer's balls like uh yes sorry the philosopher's balls sorry i'm fondling the wrong balls here <laughs> uh i'm personally a raven whore uh you're a hufflepuff aren't you darling Mm-hmm. And a slip it in, and a griffin. <laughs> or just a griffin dork, or a griffin. Griffin hall. Not really gay enough, is it? Griffin hall. Griffin dick. Griffin dick. Oh, fuck's sake. Griffin dick. Griffin hall. Uh, did you did you see Mucky's profile? Oh yeah. <laughs> Rob Rob's Downton Draggy Queen season three. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. Oh, Mucky. Do you know what, Mucky? You were so good. But... Do you know what? I'm going to say something now because Keith knows that I've only listened to half of it. And the point yeah. that... So I got about an hour in and at that point I was like, oh yeah, Mucky's going to win this. And then when I saw who actually won, I was like, what? So I need to go back and listen to the next half to find yeah, out what the hell happened. To, you need to listen to the uh, the singing challenge. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's where it was decided. But okay. Mucky did so well. Like so freaking well. Should have. Um, I I had no hand whatsoever in the voting. That was uh, Orange Gina and Magic with a K. Uh, yep. So the uh, the queen from last time is the 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 judge on the on the you know that pre that episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, it was good fun. Well, I'm the second one, Kath. Come on. Oh, oh my God, Kath! Please. What? What? What's happened? What does she do now? <laughs> Are they about Professor Locke? What have Locke? you done? Huh? Are they on about Professor Lockhart? Oh, yeah. Might be. It might be. It might be. It might be. Maybe. So um, there's a little goof. Let's talk about some goofs in the movie because we're talking about we're praising it and saying it's great, but there's always goofs in the movie. And I love them. So in the first scene, when baby Harry is left on the Dursley's doorstep, there is a late 1980s, um, early 90s car parked in the driveway of the house on Privet Drive, even though this was supposed to be 1981. So the car, the car was a little bit too late in its... Uh, in its year to be parked in the driveway. It should have been 1981, but it was a, a late 80s, early 90s car. Whoops, it is. He's... Oh, well, easily I would never. Done. <laughs> yeah, easily done. Are you mad? He he is he is in the book. 
but um but she that's but prince. not in the film he's the yeah he's mad? he's in the chamber of secrets um calf is she host Oh, he's in Lockhart's in the chamber. Yeah, he's of he's in the chamber of secrets. Yeah, but do you know what is really funny? Like, I get so confused, and it doesn't take a lot because I was even watching the, the film today, and I was like, "I'm sure this happens later on down the line." Yeah, because I think the Mirror of Erisad is like film three or film four, and then it comes on film one, and I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> yeah, one of the funny things that I found, and this is actually verified. I've, I've I actually have verified this. Uh, using internet but despite like many times harry being noted as a great wizard he never mm-hmm. actually casts a single spell in the entire movie yeah and it gets more frustrating as the films go on <laughs> let me just say that <laughs> i'm a great wizard it's like saying i'm just a great a weightlifter but never picking up a weight just a lucky wizard <laughs> Oh my goodness. Right. To be honest, it sounds like Kath has never seen the movies either. She keeps getting it wrong. Right, one thing I've got wrong. I'm a human being. Mucky! Things wrong. Look, Mucky, have you had your dinner? You sound like you haven't. You sound a bit hungry. Have a Snickers. Controversial opinion, or maybe not. The first Harry Potter film is a Christmas film. 100%. Ooh, okay. But they would also say. Halloween nope, movie nope, because nope, it's a Halloween. Nope, 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 nope. Why, why are you so adamant that it's a nope? Because it's not a Christmas film. Was released at Christmas. Was re- That's released like saying in Christmas fucking in December 2001. Titanic was released at Christmas. I don't know if it was, but. No, like, that's a summer block. It's not a Christmas film. Yeah, but it features... Just because a film features Christmas does not mean it's a Christmas film. Well, what would you say Nightmare um, Before Christmas is? Nightmare Before Christmas. Halloween or Christmas movie? I don't know. Halloween. Because Harry Potter could be both as well, I suppose, the first one. Controversial indeed! Oh, oh my God. It's not my fault that Keith doesn't appreciate a good song from Chicago, really. <laughs> it was very good and I have nothing to do with the judging so don't shout at me don't have a go at me I'm only I'm innocent in all things <laughs> so I've got a question for you Keith go on what did you think about the portrayal that Snape was the bad guy when it wasn't Snape I mean to be honest with you it was almost like they were shoving that he was like evil down your throat like his performance you know like the whole thing of him like mouthing the words at the Quidditch game which we'll talk about the Quidditch game in a minute Um, Mm. and yeah I think it was just like look look he's a baddie he's a baddie you might as well just have had like a big foam finger like pointing at him going baddie 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 Uh, which obviously made me think uh, there's something a little different going on here and then you had that little turban squealy man which i thought was a bit he was too prominent <laughs> he was in too many scenes he was in... squealy man. yeah <laughs> he was in too many scenes to be irrelevant do you know what i mean like there was yeah. lots of other teachers there like zoe wanna maker 
for example, there was lots of teachers there that were featured, but not, you know, heavily featured. And I felt like um, I felt like the other one, the Squealy Man, was heavily featured. And mm-hmm. um, therefore, I did feel that maybe there was uh, something going on there. Yeah, because I mean, from uh, the very, even from like the sorting hat scene, like when Harry's scar first starts to hurt, I, I think a lot of people kind of miss the fact that whilst it does hone in on Snape staring at him, at that point, Quirrell has his back turned to Harry. And yeah. we all know what's on the back of Quirrell's head. Yes. A disgusting face. <laughs> he who shall not be named. Yeah, he who shall not be named. <laughs> Harry Potter knows three spells one spell and one spell at best. That's all I'm going to say on that matter, Keith. Harry Potter is objectively the shittest wizard in the world. <laughs> yeah, I told you, he's, he's just a lucky wizard. Well, he's just famous, isn't he, because his parents died. Mm. Well, yeah. he's fa- no, he's famous because he's the only person that's come up against Voldemort and not died. Yeah. Do you know who the first director was um, to, be, uh, to be the director of this movie? Chris Columbus. No. Oh. Steven Spielberg initially negotiated to direct this movie. I hmm, wonder why he didn't. He declined the offer. Spielberg reportedly wanted the adaptation to be an animated movie with oh. Hayley Joel Osmond uh, to provide the, the Harry Potter's voice or a movie that incorporated elements from subsequent books as well. He um, He finally opted out contending that in his opinion it was like shooting ducks in a barrel um it's just um a slam dunk um it's just like withdrawing a billion dollars and putting it into your bank account again there was no challenge it has also been speculated that spielberg was rejected by author jk rowling herself because he wanted to um situate the action at an American high school. Oh, so basically, Rowling... think that us British people were proud of and turn it American. Well, they do that all the time. Like, you should hear how many people on here that when I have discussions about Doctor Who, who say that the, the Doctor should be American and they should move the series to America. You're like, no, you've got your own. Do stuff. not take, do not, yeah, do not take something that we are as Britain very proud of. Yeah, exactly. It's like playing your own, you know, sandbox and leave ours alone. Yeah, um, play with your own Although, although Ro- um, Rowling um, insisted that the characters keep their British nationalities, she maintains that she had no role in choosing directors for the movies and that anyone who thinks I could or would have vetoed him, she's talking about Spielberg, needs mm. their quick uh, quotes quill serviced. <laughs> um, after Spielberg dropped out, he recommended M. Knight Sh- um, Malaton for the project. I can't even say his name. He directed Six Sense um, oh. for the project, but he ultimately also turned it down. Well, yeah. there you go. Heard it here first. The, um, J.K. Rowling's first choice 
for director was Terry Gilliam, who I thought would have been an amazing. He's an American actor. He was also uh, part of Monty Python, um, direct, he's directed some great movies in his time. So um, that was the first choice. And apparently um, mm-hmm. she was very upset with Warner, Bo- Warner Brothers for rejecting him. Isn't it funny how to think like if somebody else had directed that film, it would have been like completely different. Yeah, completely it's different. Mad. Or, but it could have been different in a good way. Mm, I don't think that's possible. That's both. Both. both? Why not both? Both. both. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween and a Christmas movie. <laughs> I'm a big fan of you. Oh my god, I appreciate everything you do. I'm a really big fan. <laughs> I'm a joking. The fact that Zoe Wanamaker basically gets written out of the rest of the fucking series, sorry to spoilers, I think, um, but is a tragedy, an absolute tragedy. Why? What happened? She just never makes an appearance. Yeah. She's literally in that one film. This is something I knew about. (coughs) So there's a character in the book called Peeves, right? Do you know about Peeves? I've heard of him. Yeah, Peeves was like a ghost. He was a bit rude. Do you know I mean? And mm-hmm. um, so once in a in an in a interview, Rick Mail, uh, the voice of Peeves, said that he hadn't read the book and claims that he did. Uh, he did it. Blah, 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 that he did it for his agent, and it is one of his favorites. I can't remember. I don't know what that means. On the set, when asked to read his lines, he consistently made the children burst into laughter with his voice, which had gotten out of hand, and he was asked to turn his back to the kids to read it, uh, which was also useless. Then they asked him to go all the way to the other side of the cathedral and shout his words, which um, which also (laughs) caused them to laugh. According to him, Peeves was in the movie, but after a few weeks, they decided to take his scenes out. Um, he said that when his children saw the movie and came home um, and said to him, that was a bloody good makeup. You didn't look like yourself at all. It was really good. And he said that they'd mistaken him for Hagrid. <laughs> <laughs> he also said that the movie was shit because he wasn't in it. <laughs> that's really sad and obviously Rick Mayo is no longer with us sadly but he's a perfect perfect um, like actor to play sort of that naughty you know pervert ghost yeah but, unfo- but unfortunately they cut his scenes out because I think maybe um, they were maybe a little bit too rude for Possibly. kids hmm. but then saying that you know there's bloody hell there's arse there's there's quite a lot of um, like risque language in this movie. It's PG, kid. isn't it? Yeah, PG. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when he went bloody hell, it was like, oh god! Jeez, you know, I used to get told <laughs> off the same words like that at home. Bloody hell! Bloody hell! Right, let's hit a British word. Actually, Peeves is a poltergeist. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a nerd. I listen to Harry Potter audiobooks every day. Is a poltergeist or poltergeist? 
Darling, we don't know. I've never. I, this is I've never seen the title. Of He's the show poltergeist. You have to educate us. What is he? A poltergeist. The poltergeist. Oh, I thought she said she said something else. Oh, I don't know. That's weird. So, um, Warwick Davis, who plays, um, I think he's the the bank guard. You know, like the bank. Um, the gob- what, what are they? What goblins? Not goblins are they? Goblin. He's a goblin. Yeah, goblin bank teller Warwick Davis. Warwick Davis is so famous in the world of like fantasy films because he was an Ewok in Return of the Jedi, and then he played Willow in the film Willow. And obviously, Harry Potter um, was a big deal. So I love the fact that uh, Warwick Davis is in this. And also, one of my favourite actors of all time. Um, I, um, is it Mr... Oh, I've written it down, but I can't read my handwriting. O- Ollivander? Is it the guy who runs the shop? Yeah, Ollivander's ones. Yeah, yeah, the one who gives Harry's one. John Hurt. Oh, my God, that was such a good performance from John Hurt. Like, the camera was literally like inches away from his face, but he just tells a whole story, doesn't he, with his uh with his facial expression. He's such a good yeah. actor. No longer with us, unfortunately. But um so... Right, so here's the thing. I obviously I know this because this is in the general, you know, cult like culture of, of the UK that um is it Ray 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 Fines plays Voldemort, but he wasn't Voldemort in this one. I know that Voldemort was just the back of someone's head. <laughs> but um, Richard Bremer played him in this. And I was a little bit shocked when I saw him. I was a bit like, that's not Ray- Ralph Fiennes. So I'm t- I take it that Ralph Fiennes obviously is introduced later on in the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course he is. Yeah. Might even I w- be I the next going- film. I wasn't, I wasn't going mad. So I was thinking, hang on a minute, like I'm, I'm going mad. No, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I am actually looking forward a little to the next film. I am. Looking well, forward to, I am. It's a good I'm, I'm looking forward more to the Prisoner of Azkaban because it is it's um, directed by Alfonso Cuarón, who who is like one of my favourite uh, directors of all time, and I didn't even know that he directed this film until about two days ago. So I'm very, very, very excited because I love... He directed Gravity, Children of Men, Roma, uh, which was huge at the uh, the Oscars uh, a couple of... a few years ago. So I'm so freaking excited about uh, the third film. Just saying. That's what I think. Uh, okay, okay, I'm going to... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I think that's, in my opinion, when the films start getting really good, like number three, number four. Okay. Yeah. I am really looking forward to it because Alfonso Cuaron is is amazing. So he's a poltergeist because basically that means he can like touch things and like throw things and like, um, yeah, so poltergeist can interact with solid objects, whereas a ghost, like if a ghost tried to pick up a cup, their hand's just going to go through it and they like go through walls. So that's... Yeah, that's the difference between like peeves and nearly headless Nick, for example. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. I mean, I know, I know, poker guys. You know, I've seen a billion horror movies, but I didn't realise that uh, that peeves was a poltergeist. Um, it's a shame that they cut him out of the movie. Huge shame. Yeah, it would have been fun to see it with him in. Yeah, maybe. They, I wonder if there is a. Uh, 
director's cut out there with him in it. Who knows? Maybe. Those scenes exist. Hello, I am talking from China. I think that you are too young to be on the Hi guys, just want to say thank you very much for entertaining me. Hope you have a good day. Oh, uh, child. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not, I'm getting really bad at, at guessing now. And, um, I'm, also, well, I, I'm also very uh, aware that um, we need to take this more seriously. Other reasons to be excited about The Prisoner of Azkaban are Gary Oldman as Sirius Black. Yeah. Oh, I love him so much. Oh, yeah. Sirius I'm looking for, Black. Yeah, Gary Oldman's one of my faves as well. Yes. I love Yes. Right. Um, I've, I've exhausted all my facts. I've exhausted everything. Well, <laughs> right, okay. At this part of the show, um, Catherine, you've got to tease me with I've not uh, the next installment. What? I've not finished talking about the bloody film. Oh, I've I've got to go in ten minutes. So keep going. Right. But so... I, want you, I want you to tease me about the next film as well before you go. Okay. So Mirror of Aris said, "What did you think about that?" Um, so that's the mirror that you can look in and see your heart's desire, right? Yep. Yeah, interesting. I mean, obviously Harry's looking in it and seeing his parents, because that's mm-hmm. what he what he wants to see. Um Yeah, was there some clues that I that I should have picked up on that I didn't? Is there something like foreshadowing in the scenes no, of the but mirror? I- it's just very interesting that it was placed in there because obviously when it goes into the, the underground chambers, it it's showing Harry what he most desired at that moment where as to where the Philosopher's Stone was. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also, over... in fact, Eris said, is desire spelt backwards? Ooh, clever. Yeah. Clever, clever, clever. Love that. Um, how, what did you think about the whole sequence when they were down in the chambers, like go, going through the trap door and then through the vines, the keys, the wizard chest, Ron sacrificing himself? Okay, so seeing that Chris, Chris Columbus also was heavily involved in writing The Goonies, there was so <laughs> much about The Goonies that I found in that sequence of like, you know, like the booby traps and you know, having to sort of solve a problem to move on to the next, you know, phase of the mission. So there, it was very Goonie-esque for me. So when he was, when it, they were going through that, um, all I could really think about was the Goonies. But I really enjoyed the um, the flying key sequence. I thought that was really well done. Yeah, yeah. That a lot. And, then... and the test sequence was good. Although I'm really confused about why Ron needed to be sitting on that fucking chess piece. Why couldn't he have just got down when it went when it cut it in half? Because he he had to be on it to play. Yeah, but couldn't he have like just jumped down and sort of stood on the square a little bit? <laughs> like if you're reading far too much into it. Or why didn't he go ready? One, two, three, jump! And as the swing sword was swinging, could have jumped to freedom. I was a bit Listen. just like, get off it, Ron. What would happen if you got off it? Nothing. 
because the other two squares didn't have any pieces on it. That was the no. only one that did. So I was a bit confused. Like the big dramatic thing, like the tension building up to like the chess piece moving to cut him down. I was a bit like... But just, he just, sacrificed just, himself for his friends. Just just, just get off the horse, Ron. Just, just get off it, mate. <laughs> you don't need to... Uh, I mean, the others haven't even got a piece. It's not like Harry was like saddling a castle or... Riding, yeah, but, but if Harry had <laughs> if Harry had taken a wrong move, it would have been Harry that was killed. So, yeah, I just didn't understand why he just didn't jump off at the last minute. But that's just me. I'm reading, and, like you said, reading too much into it. <laughs> um, I think a lovely touch was obviously the fact that Professor Quirrell died because of the sacrifice that Harry's mother made. Voldemort yeah. can't deal with love. Yeah, yeah, that was a nice. I I really enjoyed that last scene. Um, mm. Between, I think it's even more poignant, isn't it? Because Richard Harris did only do two films as Dumbledore, yeah. so I think it is really um, touching that scene between him and Harry at the end when you know he tries the sweets and everything goes ooh earwax. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's just a lovely scene. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. I could see Michael Gambon you know, doing exactly the same thing and delivering it really well, but I think it just had that extra little nugget because it was Richard Harris. You know, and we have a limited yeah. time of him as, as Dumbledore, you know? Yeah. Shall I hit these quickly? Oh, yeah, go on. Oh, quick fan theory about the actual chamber itself, like the, um, yeah. Um, so, supposedly... Now we're saying Dumbledore fully intended for the kids to go down there and each of the challenges was intentionally made so that each of the golden trio would be able to basically like do their um like the thing that um played into their skill set. Yeah, but if that was the case, was um oh I suppose that Hermione was like what? keeping cool under pressure no she's just very clever oh <laughs> the Lumos thing would I would break maybe out of all three of them she's the one who's who can most easily relax <laughs> no no <laughs> she just she's hot <laughs> too long you take too long to leave a message I'm gonna X you out my cock is. My... There's actually um there's a there's some that are missed out from the book. There are more things that they have to do um when they're down there that are missed out of the book that Hermione does. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. So um yeah, anything else for me, Catherine? Um, no, that's about it. Well, I'm going to just give my summing up. I did thoroughly enjoy it. I thought there's some really great scenes in it. I thought the whole, um, the whole, the whole mythology is starting to be built from the word go, which I thought was really clever. You know, the things mm -hmm. about the woods and, you know, just, just like the little touches about like the whole thing of killing a unicorn, you know, like just built world building. I love world building in TV mm -hmm. shows. That's why I love, you know, his dark materials. That's why I love uh, Lord of the Rings. You know, like, it's it's a world built from the bottom up. And uh, I do love that. Um, and, yeah, 
uh, I would give the Philosopher's Slash Sorcerer's Stone, I'm going to give it three and a half Hufflepuffs out of five. Okay. Well, do you uh, want me to... That's not bad, is it? No, that's good. Do you want me to give you uh, some some little uh, previews Nuggets. of what's coming? Yeah. Yeah, little, little so... pellets of what's coming, coming next. Yeah. We're going to meet Dob. We're going to meet Dobby. 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 Yeah. And we also get to see a flying car. <gasps> Someone breaks their arm in a game of Quidditch. Uh-oh. Somebody can't get through to platform nine and three quarters. Oh, shit. A Weasley goes missing. No. You're uh, we find a diary belonging to Tom Riddle. Who's Tom Riddle? Hmm. I don't know. Isn't that isn't that Cockney rhyming slang for a piddle? No. You'll we'll find out who Tom Riddle is. And okay. very interestingly, we'll meet a creature that will make you understand the situation that happened at London Zoo. Oh! You talk about the snake. Yep, and that's all I'm going to say. Oh, interesting. Right, thank you very much, guys. We've got one more ditty. Let's just hit this quickly. Out of all the films, um, which would you say is your personal best creature slash animal that was represented? For me, it would be the Thestral. Just wish they had um, oh. talked more about it just because of the pure meaning behind the Thestral. Oh, well, that's a little nugget for me for the future. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. I mean, there's um, all sorts of creatures. There's fucking... We, we get talking spiders and everything, like... Don't go too far ahead. I'm not. <laughs> well, thank you very much. I enjoyed that. And I can't wait for yeah. next Sunday at the same time. 6pm GMT at 1pm Eastern Standard Time and 1, 12, 11, 10am uh, Pacific Standard Time. Join us here on Stereo, where we will be going next to uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Thank you very much, Catherine. Thank you very much, listeners. Please do join us. I'm going to go and have a cup of tea. A cup of tea. I love you lots. Love you lots. I thoroughly enjoyed this. All right. We'll see you next week for film number two. Part two. Love you. Love ya. Thank you so much for joining us here at the Films I Love Most podcast live. Don't forget, you can get involved on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. And if you want to send us an email with any suggestions or recommendations, you can send those to filmilovemostpodcast at yahoo.com. Thank you very much. And I hope that you join us next time here at the Films I Love Most podcast. (laughs) 